Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Miami Mercenaries, really, that's the double M. Born baller, baby boy, I be about the rim. What's good, family? It's your boy, Just Blaze, host of the best NBA pod in the game, Above the Rim. Keep it locked each week and join myself and a special guest as we tackle the latest rumblings in the league. If it's happening in the NBA, you know I got you covered. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms and leave that five-star review. Let's get it. Get out of here, man. That's my teammate. Hey, right yo. Yeah, hey, Patty coming back to the BK. Wow, Black tall, and man. white. Hey. Hey, you was balling. I got 40 tonight. There's going to be problems for the Boston Celtics this year. I'm telling you. We know how to lock Patty ass up. <laughs> this guy's a problem. You remember that quote I said? Which about? Ain't ducking, no smoke. We run up the simple, simple as that. We ain't no conversations about not letting nobody get under your skin. If somebody you know come towards you, ain't no can't back down. It's a soft person tennis here. We don't got no soft guys over here. Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Hoops talk for the streets. Family, family, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of Above the Rim. Hoops Talk for the Streets, you already know how we do. Brought to you as always, it's your host, Justin, a.k.a. Just Blaze. Family, you know the drill to get in contact with me. You can always hit me up or follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513 on IG at JustBlaze513 on Facebook. Search Above the Rim Podcast. Email the show as well, above the rim NBA Podcast at gmail.com. Tap in and leave the family a voicemail to talk about it line. About it's it. always open. 908-718-1592. Family, make sure you send them voicemails in. 
um, to support the show. Make sure you cop your merch as always. Also, new colors, new flavors as always. Check out the website. Appreciate y'all. As always, leave your boy a review on iTunes and Spotify. Check out the YouTube page as well for the visuals. Link is in my bio. Very easy to find. Joining me this week. The family is in the building. Friend of the show, Remo, a.k.a. Apologetic Reem, a.k.a. 3 to the Dome Reem. What's good, my brother? How you living? Can I even call you Apologetic Reem anymore? You apologize already. Yeah, I already apologize. (laughs) You know, That was a Zion apology. I've cleaned my sins. You sure did. I appreciate you, brother. Good to see you, my man. Appreciate you for having me again, man. Been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, no trifecta this evening. You know, Damo is, uh, is, uh, is on call right now. But uh, we're going to hold it down for my man. And make sure you family, you go follow Remo at Rich Threads on IG, at Let's Talk Hoops TV on Twitter. Make sure you're giving him all the middle smoke because he's ready for it, as usual. And um, yeah, it's playoff time, my brother. Uh, before we leave out of it, we definitely got to give your thoughts on the mellow season and the Lakers season before we get on out of there. But, um, oh, man, <laughs> I got I got to hear while I have you here, <laughs> I got to hear your, hear your thoughts on mellow because ooh, the Lakers, I didn't even get to give a Lakers eulogy for this season or how dead they were this season. But um, all right, P. All right, P, man. I know you got to smoke for Vogel, too. I'll tell you that right now. Shit. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to waste any more time right now, fan. We're about to talk about this action. It's playoff time right now. We're talking about the smoke. Um, we had some season awards. It was only really defensive player of the year that was really given out. Marcus Smart won that. So shout out to him. He was uh, the first guard to be named defensive player of the year since Gary Payton in 95-96. Um, I'm not mad at it, Remo. I mean, me personally, I have Mikel Bridges. Um, he was my vote. I, to me, Mikel Bridges consistently locks up the best opposing team's perimeter play each and every night. Marcus Smart does that too, but to me, I think Mikel Bridges is a lot better at locking dudes up and a lot and can lock up more people because of his size, versatility, long arms, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'm not mad at Marcus Smart getting defensive player of the year. How you feel about that? Uh, I'm, I'm actually in agreement with you. Mm. I just yeah, think, uh, too? yeah. I just mm. think he's like his length is is an irritant, and you know he's his being so offensive, like uh, his agility, mm. he can really like disrupt. He's a disruptor. Marcus yeah. Smart, he's more physical, flopping. All right, cool. But a lot of I antics. Like, I like on ball defense, mm. and Bridges, he kind of like he gets people out of their zone. He does from one to maybe the four. Position. Yeah, from one to the four. He yeah. does got one through four. And, and I like what I've seen from him all year round. Yeah, I agree with you. And one thing that I always notice about Mikel Bridges is when he plays defense, he plays defense without fouling. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of dudes who foul a lot and they're a little bit more aggressive, like a, a Pat Bev or yeah. I'm trying to think of some other physical defenders. But um, Mikel does it without the physicality. He gives me like a uh, Derrick Jones Jr. and Iguodala blend. Because of his lankiness and mm. Iguodala's kind of more smart, heady, yeah. like, Cerebral. you know, he's mm. able to play the bigger fours because his hand movement and he kind of is all of that mixed in one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, I guess, I guess Marcus Smart is, is more boisterous and, you know, yeah, I think loud about it. I yeah, guess. I'm gonna be honest. I think he won a little bit off of reputation also as well. Yeah, he's like the heart and the spirit of the team, I guess. And then but, they had a good second half to the season. Excuse me. I agree with that. And to, to be fair, also, uh, Tom Lord, Robert Williams, he was really the he's really the defensive anchor of that Boston Celtics team. So um it could a case could be made that it could be Robert Williams, Tom Lord over 
Marcus Smart for Defensive Player of the Year for the Celtics for it uh, for the team. So true. Ha, ha, but had he not got injured, mm. uh, Jared Allen. Oh, Jared Allen too. Yeah, he definitely is a candidate. Bam out of Bayou also as well. To me, yeah. was a candidate. And to me, as long as it wasn't Rudy Gobert winning, <laughs> I'm good with this, son. As, as long as it's no Rudy, because that shit is a damn lie. If Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player, of the best defensive player in the league. Yeah. That's a lot. And he's getting his ass cooked right now, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. You're damn right. Um, <clears throat> playoff time. Let's talk about it. Boston, Celtics, Brooklyn, Nets. The matchup of the playoffs probably, not probably, is the most intriguing matchup, the most entertaining matchup, the most appetizing uh, series in the playoffs, the most evenly matched series in the playoffs, maybe the most stars of any series in the playoffs, only one. Um, I like what I'm seeing right now. It's currently 1-0 Celtics. We had game one on Sunday. JT had a game winner. The series to me is looking like a seven-game series to me. Game one, Kyrie had 39. KD had 23. Drogic had 14. Claxton, 13. JT had 31. Jalen Brown had 23. Smart had 20. Paul for 20. Um, so when I look at game one, Sunday, Kyrie Irving... Jason Tatum were the two best players on the floor, in my opinion. And it was a hell of a game, right? I'm looking at this series from the Nets angle, and uh, my initial reaction is they need to spread the wealth when I, look at, when I look at how they lost that game, right? So I was looking at the stat sheet. I was looking at the numbers going on for that game, right? 24 shots for KD, 20 shots for Kyrie, 11 for Drogic, 3 shots for Bruce Brown, 7 shots for Seth Curry, and 1 shot for Patty Mills. Now, to me, in order for the Nets to win this series, we're going to need a little bit more point Kyrie, and we're going to lead a lot more point KD, right? The Celtics' defense is designed to be physical, bump you off your spots, make you uncomfortable. The way you combat that, to me, is movement. The way you create that movement is passing. Too many ISO possessions where the goal was obviously just to score instead of to just to make a play. 35-point tennis game. Ten, a 35-point in tennis game from KD, to me, is more important more impactful and more valuable than a 50-point game from KD, in my opinion. So when I look at how game one went with the Celtics and Nets, to me, spreading the wealth is more key for the Nets right now. Even though KD and Kyrie is definitely going to take over no matter what, I think they need to spread the wealth in order to combat that elite uh, Boston Celtics defense that they got right, that they had in this series because they're bumping them off the line and they're getting a lot, uh, getting very physical with the Celtics. So talk to me what you... Uh, what you thought about this series, what you've seen so far. It's only been one game, but what you have, what have you observed so this far in this series, brother? It's a lot of emotions with the backstory as well. Mm. Being that, you know, Kyrie used to play for Boston yeah. and he stomped on the, the little leprechaun. And yeah, they were mad about that. Then he heckling with the fans at the middle finger. He just got fined for that. But my thing is, um, they got to compete the physicality that they're bringing with KD. Yeah. And they got to find a way to get Drummond some touches. Mm. Because Tom Lord isn't there this series. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, who's this? Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice, Al Horford is the two starters. Then you got Grant Williams coming you in. You got to let your big man feed and get these. Horford, you're not going to get that for the rest of the season, mm. for the rest of the series. You're not going to see Horford him. gave you 20 or 15. Yeah, he went five or <laughs> five for seven. So you're not going to get that again. Yeah. You're not uh-huh. going to get that. So you're not going to, that's that's a scratch. Uh-huh. KD's not going to play terrible again. Kyrie got the emotions out of it. Mm-hmm. Right? So now everybody settles down. Like you said, you have to find others to get involved. Yes. You got to figure a way to, Seth got to wake up. The, 
Go ahead. Stop being. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he, FanDuel, he messed me up already, so I'm done with him. Only seven shots in game one for Seth Curry. You need a lot more. I know than he's hobbled because he does have a bad yeah. wheel, but you got to find a way to get him open shots by using the attraction that KD and Kyrie gets. Mm-hmm. I know they both can get hot, mm-hmm. but if you get others involved, those shots become so much easier in between, far in between. Yeah. Where you don't have to play hero ball because at the end of the game, it came down to one bucket. Mm. And after all of that, after all of that, and mind you, I said KD played terrible. Yes, he had, he had a, a terrible, terrible game, game. by they his standards. Very physical. And at this point in time, he's going to know, like, let me take the emotions out of it mm. and let me get to my sweet spots. Mm. So I see this going seven mm. because the young kids are no longer scared of the, the wily veterans in the NBA anymore. Yeah, oh no. It's they, over for they're that. They're playing them as pairs now. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you have to use your veteran savvy to outmatch the athletic ability of them running and gunning. It made no sense them two guys running at Marcus Smart at the three-point line mm-hmm. and KD got to move his feet. Mm. You saw how he was stuck, how he paused he did, a little he, bit. He and, never went anywhere yeah. after the free throw I line. think he froze a little bit. I'm not going to lie. That, if you think about it in real time, that play happened kind of fast. It was a lot of shit going on in that ice. First of all, I couldn't believe, I thought Marcus Smart was going to shoot that shit anyway. I think at the game when I thought he was going to shoot it, he was smart enough to pump fake it and, and drive in. Usually, maybe earlier in this year, Marcus Smart would have took that shot. Yeah. He wouldn't even have cared. He would have just took that shot. But now I really like to see the progression. If you notice, the progression of Marcus Smart as a playmaker and as yeah. a point guard now. So um, because he's more playing the, the more of the point guard role, remember early in this season, he was saying um, uh, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown doesn't selfish. pass them all. They're yeah. selfish. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he said he wanted more point guard duties and I got to give him some credit because that was an excellent decision to pump fake that yes. two defenders in the air and then give Wait, it to a running JT. Did he have much choice though? He could have jacked that shot though. It was two damn near seven footers. It was. It was. it was. But remember uh, maybe at the time too maybe you're not looking up at the clock and you oh, might yeah. think it's more, it was smart. It might think it's less seconds than you actually have there. But it was a great pass. It was a phenomenal pass to JT. More impressive was the spin, the catch, the, the spin, catch and, spin. and the layup. It was that I've never seen that move done in in such a tight window. In a game winner? Yeah, that was tough. Up Shout here. out to my son JT though, yo. With the ballerina feet. With the ballerina feet. And that was he he spin right off of Kyrie yeah. in front of Kyrie's face. He didn't even have a chance to yeah. even try to block to it react. or even swipe at it. KD he was stuck. He was frozen at that point. Um, and I like what you said about, I'm going to go back to a point that you said about the emotions, right? Yeah. Because I think the Brooklyn Nets players, when they're coming into the series, especially coming into this game, it was a lot of emotions. And I think KD and Kyrie, especially Kyrie in particular, mm-hmm. took this game very personal and took the, is taking this series very personal. So I think the emotion factor is something that the Nets, uh, is something, a hurdle basically that the Nets have to get over in order to to win this series also as well. You don't think they got it out that first game? Cause, because all the emotion that was in it, they ended up losing. So it's yeah. not like they took that high and then mm. ran with it. Mm. So it's like, all right, we got emotional. It didn't work to our benefit. We lost. Mm-hmm. I think, yes, in their minds, it got out. But I think once they step back into that arena, I think the fans are going to be a little bit more rowdy because of all the antics that Kyrie was doing, because of all the shit that that Kyrie mm. was doing, I think they're going to be more aggressive. More, more, more I crazy. think so. It's Boston. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, Reed, I've, I've been in the TD Garden, right? I've yeah. been in there on a playoff game, 2000, 2008 and 2009. Me and my brother was up there for a Boston Celtics 
playoff game both both years, mm-hmm. and that crowd over there, wild. Real, I heard, it, I heard it get real racy. Real, <laughs> real racy in the crowd. I remember. Um, I forgot who were they playing. Was it Atlanta? I believe it was the Atlanta series that the Suns were playing. If I'm not mistaken, don't quote me. Um, but it was a and there was an opposing fan there. He had on, I believe, it was a Hawks jersey or whatever the team was. He had on their jersey. It was in a section full of uh, Boston Celtics fans. Yeah. The the dude who's controlling the jumbotron put it straight on that fan oh, and man. made the whole stadium just straight boo this guy. Wow. Straight booty. He was there with his chick too, so I felt a little bad with him. She did, was like, "Damn, did he take it off?" <laughs> nah, he left the shit on. He uh, actually embraced it, so I, I I wasn't mad at that. But that just goes to show that the crowd over there, Boston, how crazy they are. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what they said to Kyrie. What do you think they? You think they? It was just what he said it that they probably, said. It was a little bit more. It was probably crazy, but like. You were professional, like yeah. I mean, how, how you feel about that? You think uh, Kyrie was wrong for a little uh, over the top? Like mm-hmm. it was a little over the top. You could, I mean, the gestures, extra whatever. <laughs> it was kind of wild a little yeah, bit. You, you get a little gargle. <laughs> you did a little middle finger, a little stone cold action. I get it. I'm like, all right, cool. But you gonna pay for that one? But then in the back, you told yeah. you told him, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the dude in the back, too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Perf- perform. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but yeah. you know what you're saying. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I like the energy from Kyrie. Uh-huh. I like it. You know, I like him embracing. I like when people embrace the villain role. And yeah, I feel yeah. like that's what he's doing this series. Now, embracing the villain role means that you also have to embrace being a villain, but also play your game at the same time. Yes. You got to be an anti-hero. Yes. There you go. More like Trey Young is doing. Mm. You know what I mean? Ice mm. train his way through the playoffs. Listen, that's Young Burr over there, man. Yeah. And um, Kyrie also, with with that being said, um, when he came in this uh, this game one, he got a thirty nine, right? But he did work for that thirty nine, but it was a it was a very impactful thirty nine, right? Yeah. So um, he made it a point to show the Celtics, who are the quote unquote best defense in the league, pretty much. A lot of people are quoting to say to say that defense doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter what's going on with the uh, with the net. So. Going on, let's talk about more now what's um, upcoming in the series, right? The defense of the Celtics, JT versus KD. First of all, JT, first of all, I want to give some love to both of those guys, Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant, for guarding each other throughout mm-hmm. the whole game. And I assume that will be the case throughout the rest of the series. So I really am impressed by that. And shout out to those brothers for doing that because it's great to see some mano a mano finally going on. You know, a lot of people love to cross match and uh, duck in their immediate matchup. But how do we see the individual matchup going forward for the rest of the series? How, how you looking at it? JT versus uh, KD? I think... Those two are kind of like a washout. Mm. And on the numbers of Kyrie and uh the Cat. Who? Uh, Jalen Brown? Jalen Brown. It's mm. kind of a washout. Mm. It's the others. Mm. And that's why I say Drummond is so impactful. Yeah. Because... He didn't play a lot. He only played like 20 minutes or a little and, bit under. But that's the issue. You got to abuse Horford mm. or figure out a way. Because Horford was kind of muscling up on KD on the back line, giving help. Mm-hmm. You got to find a way to get, like you said, the others involved mm-hmm. so you can get those numbers. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Because Marcus Smart, he's going to get his, but he's the emotional factor. Yeah. Other than that, the Nets He don't played have... better than I thought, too, than yeah. expected. Or you got to find a way to get this Bruce Brown kid on ball mm-hmm. to get Kyrie and Ky- KD mm-hmm. motion offense. Mm-hmm. So... I like I like what you're saying. I agree. Three shots for Bruce Brown, that's not enough. To me, yeah. 
How I, I like how you said the others, right? Because one of the things I wrote down in my notes is that who is the Nets' third best player in this playoffs? Who is the third best player? He on there. He was on the uh, sidelines with Lambskin. <laughs> you talk about uh, Mr. Cuban Links, Mr. Mr. Benjamin, yeah, okay. Benjamin Simmons. Is this guy? Matter of fact, what's going on with this guy? Because I'm sick and tired of him not playing. I'm sick of how long has it been since he's been trading out? Two months now. We about 10 minutes in and, and we ain't even discussed his name and that's bad. It's ridiculous. Listen, I, Benjamin has been a disappointment thus far. I want to find him. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He worried about coming to the game with the Cuban links on. He yeah. iced out though. I ain't gonna hold you. My son is iced out on the bench. Look at Suave, but whatever. I need the, the team needs you on the floor. They need your defensive prowess on the floor. They need the, your presence on the floor or anything that you can give. 10 to 15 minutes of Ben Simmons. What can he give you, Reem? 10 to 15 minutes. Can he give you something? You know what? He actually can. Because mm. he alleviates... He alleviates KD really having to play DD. Mm. Where you save him... Tough individual you, defense. You save him on the offensive end. Because mm. if you get KD to play around with like a Horford or something like that, mm. and then Horford have to play him on the other end, mm -hmm. now what? Because if Ben is able to run and be Ben... He's gonna outhorse Horford mm -hmm. as far as like pure foot speed. Yeah. So I agree with you there. And and I think when Ben Simmons comes back, mm -hmm. tell me what you think about this. I said in an <clears throat> excuse me, in an early episode that Ben Simmons needs to play center, I think, when he comes back. I think he should on play the defensive side? On both sides of the ball. I think he I think he should play some center because I think he should have Simmons, KD, Bruce Brown, Seth Curry, and then Kyrie. I think you can't have the three small backcourt, a combination three of uh, Drogic, Kyrie, Seth, Drogic, Kyrie, Patty, uh, any type of combination of that I don't really like because of uh, the small backcourt. And then you're probably going to have to have Bruce Brown at the four and that type of lineup and then maybe KD at the five or some type of center. But I'll play him at the five on a defensive end. Mm -hmm. I'll let him run the point guard. Well, yeah, I would let him run the point. Yeah, I would let... Oh, you mean on offense? Let on him run offense. the point? Let him, let him get you in the offense. Because you're letting Bruce Brown get you in the offense. Yeah. But if he's taking three shots, mm -hmm. Ben is damn near 6'10". Yeah. Now, you see, the only way he can play point guard on the offensive side of the ball is if he plays center on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Right? Because First of the if rebound. you're playing him at the point guard and then you're playing a center along with him, like yeah. a Drummond, like a Claxton, like anyone or Aldridge, any one of those guys, I think that limits Ben Simmons' effectiveness, yeah. especially in this series. So Being able to grab and go. Yeah. So to me, I agree. he's got to play center. But then, like you said, play point guard on the offensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. Really push the pace and give some... Um, some alleviate some pressure exactly. KD exactly but with that being said I still need to see some more point KD I still need to see some more point Kyrie going into the series I um, was I would save that more to like the second half of the mm, game mm, I got you with that Um, two things I, I want to bring up before we get off of this this series to me will hinge upon timely buckets in my opinion I think whichever one of the stars Tatum Brown, Smart, KD, Kyrie, whichever one of those guys, or Seth Curry, I'm going to throw in there too, can hit timely buckets, I think is the team that's going to win this series. I got I got to combat that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's going to come down to coaching. Mm, I love that you said that. I forgot to bring it up. Talk to me about that. I think, you know, Steve Nash is, you know, a hell of a player. Don't but be nice. Be, talk his, the truth. His ability to make in-game adjustments are terrible. They're terrible. He stinks. Like, if you know that you had struggles going small, why would you go small the second half and, and let the lead go a little bit to fight back 
when you could just start with size. Mm. Start with some size and then and then figure out down the line. You what's his name? Yudoka? Yeah. Yudoka he, he's he, coaching circles around Steve Nash. Oh, there's only been one game and he's coaching circles around he's him. He's dogging him. From the Easily. subs to, to the, the the change of plays mid oh my god. The rotations out of bounds plays. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you one even better. Steve Nash doesn't know how to stagger his stars. He doesn't yeah. know how to stagger KD some, some, and some Kyrie. Break, give him some time off. First of all, you look in the first quarter, especially in that game, he left KD and Kyrie, both of them in until like the three-minute mark in the first quarter yeah. or something like that. You're supposed yeah. to take one of those boys out at like the six-minute mark. You, you gotta let, you got, especially if uh, KD's having a struggle game, He's a, he has the ability to shoot himself out of that. Exactly. Easily. But, but you can't have him just standing around not being part of it if, if Kyrie's cooking. That's wasting energy. Yeah. That's wasting energy. That it's they cardio. Need. Yeah, it is. So I agree with you. Yudoka's uh, uh, coaching circles around Steve Nash. Steve Nash stinks to me, in my opinion. And also, um, also to, to throw one more on Nash, I feel like he needs to play Blake Griffin a little bit. I feel like Blake Griffin could give the Nets a few minutes in this series. Especially going, versus Horford. Yeah, going against Horford and going yeah. against Tice. Yeah. You mean to tell me Blake Griffin can't give you good minutes against those guys? Yeah. Same height, pretty much. Pretty much the same kind of build. Can both run Age. the floor. <laughs> Age. Blake can pass. Blake can shoot. He can do all of that. So if Horford could be a uh, ripper... I don't know about shoot, but... He can shoot a three a little bit here and there. Better than Drummond can. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm saying as opposed he could, to yeah, Drummond... He could, be a, he could be a version of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. Just, for, just for like, you know, five 15 to ten minutes. minutes. 15 even minutes. ten. I'm not even giving a 15. Ten minutes, I think you could do okay. a little bit of Blake Griffin to me. I don't think he needs to be riding the bench that much in this series he could play. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we'll see because this is the, the pre-man marquee matchup of the, uh, the playoffs thus far. <laughs> Um, so we'll see how that rocks out. But who who you got in the series? Me, I got Nets in seven. Who you got? I got Nets maybe in six. Mm, Nets in six? Yeah. Mm. I think they'll figure it out. Okay. They'll figure it out. And then if they ever, ever do happen to get Ben back, they're saying they mm-hmm. throw it in the air around game four. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying he's an NBA, he's an NBA All Star. He's he gonna figure it out. Yeah, he'll definitely figure it out, and it's gonna be interesting to see how they utilize him uh, when Ben Simmons does come in the lineup because it's gonna get interesting. Like yeah. I said, but Nash that's the, that's the fear. Yeah, that's the fear. Will Nash know how to plug and play them? I mean, I'm not that confident in Nash, but we'll yeah. see. Okay, we'll see. Um, moving on, Philadelphia 76ers, Toronto Raptors. Philly is up 2-0 right now. Um, been a lot of talk in this series. This one. A uh, bunch of people thought would have been a toss-up um, in the first couple of the games. It's a 4-5 matchup. Um, the Toronto Raptors are dealing with some injuries right now. Scotty Barnes is out. Um, well, Trent is dealing with some injuries. Um, they're a little bit hobbled right now and undersized, right? So that's really the most important factor in this series is size versus not enough size. Now, the Raptors out there playing Joel Embiid, potential MVP with Precious Achua, Boucher, uh, Siakam, Birch, but all guys that are under 6'10", basically, uh, playing against a monstrous 7-foot Joel Embiid who averaged 30 game this year. Um, the first center to win the scoring title since Shaq. Um, no slowing down Embiid, right? So we look at this series right now, the Raptors in the, in the 76ers. Is there any answer for Joel Embiid, for, for the Toronto Raptors. Is there anything Nick Nurse can cook up that could do anything against Joel Embiid, Remo? Sweep him up. Damn, sweep him up? You know what? What's so crazy about this series? Harden is looking so pedestrian still. Mm. It's being it, masked. It doesn't even matter because mm. Maxi is taking the leap as the second guy. He's averaging 30. And then Tobias is kind of like their third guy. And then 
Harden's just like the facilitator right now. Mm-hmm. Going to the free throw line, all right. But Embiid, his stamp on the game is so dominant. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't have time to play. Yes. Like he's getting it out of the way and getting to the money. Mm-hmm. I, I like what you said. So um, during the regular season, all right, they will, well, during this uh during this series right now, right? Uh, they had a thing towards the end of game two or game one. I think it was game two. Um, Nick Nurse and Joel B were talking about foul shots. Yeah. Um, they had their little disagreement when he said, uh, B told him Nick Nurse to stop bitching, stop basically, bitching. Yeah. <laughs> about the uh, the foul shooting. But um, I can see that from both sides because Nurse does have a legitimate gripe about the free throws. And then also Embiid, is a, that's a real response. Stop bitching about the fouls and ain't going me then. Stop following me then. So um, that's a, a, a pretty interesting uh, caveat in this series. And, and in the regular season, and B took 11 free throws a game during the regular season. And he knocked him down an 81% clip, which to me is pretty incredible for a center to be shooting 81% on free throws. And um, and the only other player since the um, since the year 2000 who got to the free throw line as much as Embiid um, is James Harden. And Shaq. Let's yeah. see, the, the the difference in those two, Embiid kind of has a skill set of a Harden to get to the line. Shaq mm. was just a dominant big guy. He was the, like, just the most, yeah. He, he, but you blend that because Joel runs the floor. Mm-hmm. He's elusive. He mm-hmm. has Euro steps. He does flare his arms or whatever, but that shows how smart he is as a basketball yes. he player. knows how to draw a foul, yeah. draw a contact. And that's an art of itself. It's what scorers do. And mm-hmm. He's mastered it all. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's taking threes and jumping into people's bodies like some guards. He's just saying, I'm bigger than you. I'm going to body you. And when you try to put your body against me, I'll let you hit me. Also, the fact that Embiid pump fakes a lot and people bite on his pump fakes. Because he can fake. shoot. Exactly, because he can shoot. And you you always talk about big men who can shoot. You hate big men who can't shoot. You used to get on Giannis a lot for that. But Embiid... He takes those, he hits those jumpers and he takes those jumpers. You remember Absolutely. a few years ago, people were mad at Joel Embiid uh, for taking so taking many threes. Too many jump shots. But yeah. now I think, I think it was about taking threes before. Now he mm-hmm. takes a lot more mid-ranges. He posts up, faces up, pump fakes, yeah. gets to the basket, either gets fouled, does a little spin. Like his arsenal of moves this year is really crazy if you look at it. I'm gonna tell you why. The the big, big centers that are as tall as him are fl- a slower foot. Yeah. So he's faster than those guys. So a pump fake can get them up in the air and he's dunking on whoever's 6'10 and below. Mm-hmm. And then the guys that are smaller, he just balls them. Yeah. In the paint. They, they, there's there's nothing, there's nothing that pl- those guys can do. If you, if you don't want to play either or, you say he shoots 80-something percent from the... F- 81% from the line for a center. That's the that's equivalent of a mid-post touch. Yeah. And it, look how highly efficient that is, too. Yeah. So that is amazing when you look at the size of Embiid. Analytics who? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I want to go on, touch on Harden really quick, right? Because I do have to give him one little shout-out because I've noticed that Harden, um, in this particular series, he's played with great composure in this series. Um, he, he really hasn't been forcing anything like that um, in this particular series. But that could also be bad as well as good um, because how I looked at it, you said... James Harden, the facilitator, right? That's what yeah. he is right now. To me, James Harden, the facilitator, mm-hmm. can't win you a title. James Harden, the scorer, can get you a title or get you close to a title. But to me, the that scorer, James Harden, that version of James Harden is dead now. He's, what, 31, 32 years old. 
he may or may not have lost a step. His his burst is not the same. He can't really get by defenders as easily as he once as he once did before. And um, his step back jumper is not as lethal as it once was. Pretty much as last year or the year before that. People and when answer, I'm looking yeah. at Harlan and when when he first got to Philly, one of the questions that I that I had is is James Harden going to be a piece or the piece? Yeah. Right now, I don't know which one he is so far. You know, it's crazy because Philly's a tough town. Mm. Everybody know, like, if he has a bad series, I'm like, man, get him out of here. Quickly. But the thing is, right, him being the facilitator is kind of putting the the crown on Embiid. Mm. I'm here as a that piece. That is his team? I'm here as a, as a, a company and piece to the man. Mm. But why would you pay him as the man next year? Because mm, you know Carden is looking for that contract yeah. extension. $200 million. For a big boy. Extension. Now, is he giving over $200 million worth of production? production? Yeah, that's the question. I don't, Especially oh. moving forward. Moving forward, because now you've yeah. seen this James Harden that you're getting right now, this is going to be the James Harden going forward. Unless he could turn back the hands of time out of nowhere, but I don't know how he can because... From this point on, it only gets more difficult. Yeah, he's giving me a D'Angelo Russell type of feel. Like, <laughs> I mean, I hope he, he better be better than that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah. that's what he's he's at. Like, You, know, you mean right that now. level? Yeah, that level. Yeah, right. The way he's playing at right now. Mm-hmm. Like, he can score a little bit more of a facilitator. He'll mm-hmm. hit a few open shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his his buckets right now, to me, and that's at this particular moment, mm-hmm. are not as impactful. Yeah. As he's not creating were. them. He's 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 taken was given to him basically yeah, exactly so it's a little bit more of a of a passive harder and i don't know if that type of harder is enough for philly to win a title or they could win a round or two yeah i just want to know what's left in the tank mm. if if they need him if they need it now that's gonna be key because i don't think they need nah, that harder for right this now, series no. but if you get to the next series they're gonna be playing against a team like miami they're yeah. gonna need the scorer Harden to really come through in a series against Miami. So, like I said before, is he going to be a piece mm-hmm. or, or the piece, piece yeah, yeah, for yeah. the 76 We'll see, man. But um, I'm a little disappointed on the Raptors really quick because I, I actually had the series going uh, six, six or seven. I thought it would be, I thought they would give the 76ers more trouble, especially on the perimeter. I thought they would hit more perimeter shots like Siakam. Well, he's, Siakam is playing okay. I mean, he's averaging 22, but it's like a he's just scoring within the offense of a 22. It's not really like a really impactful 22. Um, I'm a little worried about Van Vliet because I thought Vleety, to me, my two guys for Toronto who was supposed to be the X, X factors were, uh, excuse me, Van Vliet and my boy Gary Trent Jr. Gary mm-hmm. Trent hasn't showed up. He's been invisible this series. I know he was a little hurt last game. He wasn't feeling too well. But if Gary Trent is not giving you at least 20, this series is over in four five. But for you to for you to rely on Gary Trent to give you 20. I know. <laughs> because he's an X Factor. Look, that who would have known that Maxie's gonna give you 30? But but Maxie been dogging. Yes. Oh yeah. Trey, Trent hasn't been dogging? Trey no, but he's Gary been playing very well. He right? can get you 20. But I've never seen him on the big stage go off and get crazy like that. I, I'm gonna disagree with you there because Portland, no, but Portland—that's what I'm saying. Decent and Portland in the bubble, remember? Yeah, there, there was no Dame Lillard. He was going toe to toe with LeBron James. Yeah, he did. LeBron the Raymond James. He was going toe to toe with him. So they Toronto, a good little team. They nice. No, they're a good little team. 
I, I always told you Pascal Siakam is green as a thumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he got, got a lot of work. They and can, when you got to play a team for possibly seven games, mm. they're going to figure ways to exploit what you're not good at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know they're definitely going to expose your weaknesses. Especially or, like Doc. Doc is not the best X and O's guy, but mm. he had, he's been around long enough to, to kind of neutralize their best player. Yeah. And I think his uh, his staff also helps him a lot with that. Sam Cassell over there. Yeah, Sam Cassell is my boy, Sam Cassell. He's two a great... Point, two point he, he, he be getting a little... Too, <laughs> he be getting too hype on that bench, too. I ain't gonna lie. He needs a shot. I want to see him as head coach somewhere, man. I wouldn't be mad at that. I like that, actually. Lakers, stop playing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, Next up, Phoenix Suns, New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, We got game two going on tonight. We're recording this before then. Um, Philadelphia... Um, excuse me. Uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, wrapped up the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans in game one. CP scored 19 to 4 at 30 in the game. Uh, Valachunas played well. DeAndre Aiden played well. He had four blocks. Um, to me, this series is going no more than five. Maybe five if the Pelicans are lucky. Because I don't know what's going to happen tonight because on the board, on the ref call, we got Scott Foster and we got Tony Brothers. The two dudes who have the main beef for Chris Ball and he's never won a game with those Scott guys Foster. reffing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Scott Foster's reffing tonight. So uh, barring any crazy wild shit happening tonight, like a Chris Paul ejection or some shit like that, um, I see the Phoenix Suns taking taking a 2-0 lead. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, what can the Suns do? What I don't know if there's anything the Pelicans could do to beat the Suns, but what do the Suns need to work on? And The work do- on? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I mean, every team I feel like got to fine tune a little bit. Let me take this away. Mm. Listen... Sweep them up. <laughs> Sweep them up. They might get lucky for one in New Orleans because I like the mm. little uh, the little point guard from uh, from Brooklyn. Who that? Um, uh, I forget his name. A little Spanish cat. But Jose. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He 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 does, he get baller energy. Yeah. He might he might build them to a win in New Orleans. You're giving him a lot of credit. But other than that, <laughs> four or five games the most. I agree. I, 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 I you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and say it. Mm. I was a hater <laughs> on the Suns because my man didn't go there Talk in year to me. 19. I CP was mad at him. His thing. They ain't offer him nothing. But, I think, yeah. I, go ahead. But the Suns have been the best team since the preseason. Mm. They've been the best well-oiled machine mm. from... Surgical. From 1 to 10 mm. on the bench. I like... I've been watching 12, them on, 1 through 15 I've been watching them On Instagram And I love the camaraderie mm. I love how they How they chant And cheer for each other Everybody's dancing They're enjoying the moment As a team mm-hmm. And you really see that With some veterans And young Usually young guys Don't have families They gotta deal with But they're like A well oil unit And then Monty Williams Has them Infectious With just Confidence mm-hmm. I don't see another team In the, in the West Beating them Ooh, talk to me nice when I hear that. And um, I agree with you. To me, my opinion, you know, everybody knows me, CP3 guy. I tried not to speak as much about CP, but this is the best team that he's ever been on. I'm going to be honest. This is the best team he's ever been on in his career. It's the now, best blend. Nah, it's the best team. I know you're no, going to say 2018. No, 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 no. I'm not, no, no. I'm agreeing with you. Mm. But the, I think it's the best blend of talent. Mm. The be- Yeah, the best mix of people, the best. Young, old. Yes. Role players. A nice mix and also, like you said, people, uh, uh, camaraderie also as well. And I think everyone's skill set matches each other. 
right? Yeah. So I think that's really the key with this team. And I think why this team is the best team that he's ever had is because this particular team, these brothers on this team, they allow Chris Paul to lead them. And that's what Chris Paul does best. He's a leader. He 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 sets the game plan. He knows the opposing team's game plan. He knows his own team's game plan. He sets everybody. He's the best game manager in the league, the best floor orchestrator in the league. And this particular Phoenix Suns team, as well as Monty, they allow him to lead. And I think in years past and teams past, the guys on the team, they didn't allow him to lead because they were looking at him more so as their peer rather than a walking legend or, you know, or like somebody who's um, has years and skin in the game that they can actually really Learn. listen to his tutelage. Let me piggyback off that. You always heard CP. A lot of guys don't like playing with CP3. Mm. He's aggressive and this, at the fourth. I think a lot of those young guys took that as a challenge. Mm. Like, you know, like CP3 is talking to us because he wants something. Yes. And we, he's been someplace that we've never been. Mm. So listening to him, because everywhere he's gone, he's been in a winning situation. Every team. He's brought a winning culture, the best record at each team he played on. Mm-hmm. So they want a franchise record in every team he's been on. Every team. And every player that subs in for another player on that team, there's no drop-off. Mm-hmm. Whether it be Crowder for this person or the point guard, there's no drop-off. CP3 missed games, Booker mm-hmm. stepped his game up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And... and, and you know, I get the, the whole contract situation that they was dealing with, but then calm them down. You got JaVel. Mm. The one of the best teammates I've seen mm. in the whole NBA. Yes. And I'm not even a Suns fan, and I noticed this. I said, damn, this, this team's good. Mm. And, I, and I noticed that from like week one, two. Continue. Listen, listen <laughs> brother, I'm trying to keep my composure about this year because you know we... All I, all I need is that one title for me to go off about CP3. I've been holding, I've been holding in. You know, I'm being humble, but mm-hmm. fellas, this is the year that they need to get it done. This is the year they need to uh, capitalize on this season because they are the best team in the league, in my opinion. So this is the year that they need to capitalize. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't think there's ever been a year where a Chris Paul team is the best team in the league. I don't think there's ever been a year. The best team in the league, maybe 2018 when Harden, but they weren't the best team in the league that year. Yeah, consensus they by had everybody the best record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had the best record, but wasn't the best team. No, consensus I, could, I could look at them and say like, they're the best like team. On both sides of the ball. The way yeah. they play, just an overall, they're exceptionally Crowder, that's a lot to do. And then Aiton in the back line. And JaVel. Remember I said, I said the Lakers are going to miss rim running. Yep. And Javel is the rim runner. Mm-hmm. And then if Javel not feeling good, we got Lord Biombo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Shout out to my son, Lord Biombo, man. in that contract. That's what I'm talking about. Also, uh, I think he he's building a hospital out there in Africa. Yeah, too, he's so. donating his money for yeah. this year. He's donating that's, his whole salary to yeah, that. So shout dope. out to... Legacy. Legacy built. Shout out to Lord Biombo, as I call him. Shout out to Matumbo helping him get that together, too. Yeah, for real. Shout out to them, too. So uh, before we close out of this series, I'm going to ask you this, right? You mm-hmm. Tell me, Chris Paul, at age 36, is he the best point guard in the league? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because he he's the best manager, period. Like Point guard? Yeah. Because it doesn't, like, people equate buckets, but the way he surgically, like, approaches a game, mm. 
He don't have to force nothing. He knows when to take his shots. Number one in the league in clutch buckets. Mm. Mid- Two years in a row. Mid-range. Elite. And, if, and everybody listening, I, I just hear things. I don't study. I don't watch a thousand games of the Suns. <laughs> I've just noticed good basketball. Mm. Reem is not a Suns fan, okay? Let that disclaimer be out there. This is my guy, but he's not a Suns fan. You just you just gotta gotta recognize. There's a lot of bros recognize bro. Come on, man. CP, he's been exceptional to me. Obviously, everyone knows my answer. Yes, he is the best point guard in the league at age 36. The best. When we talking point guards, yeah. point guards, there is none better. On yeah. both sides of the ball, always guarding his man, tells everyone where they need to be, and then can also score if need be. Edo doesn't, he barely shoots. He might be shoots five shots total from quarters one through three. But when he gets into that fourth quarter, go time. It's go time, man. Talk about it. So the Phoenix Suns, we think they're going to wrap him up pretty easily and it's most likely going to be there. So we'll see. Uh, moving on now, another great series the Memphis Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Man, I love this series right now because there's some smoke there and there's lots of it. Game two is going to be t- there tonight also. Uh, Minnesota stole game one in Memphis, which is crazy. Um, a lot of drama in this series. Pat Bev is at the root of it all. Um, if you remember, uh, Memphis was a team he didn't want to be traded to uh, at the beginning of the season. He thought uh, he would be the starting guard next to John. I think the GM or whoever it was, he said, uh, was talking to him, told him, uh, let's see how the summer league goes. Bev, Patrick Beverly said, F out of here. He basically said, get me out of here. I'm not trying to go to Memphis no more. And that's how he ended up on the Timberwolves. So um, the young Memphis Grizzlies, they remember that. They remember that Pat Bev basically said they weren't good enough or the team wasn't good enough for him uh, to help take them to the playoffs again this year. And he wanted to go to the T-Wolves. So there's smoke on both sides. Um, Pat Bev wants to stick it to the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies want to stick it to him. And Edwards, he put on a show in game one. He basically stole the show in game one. It was, they, the Grizzlies had a tough time defending him. Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bay had a tough time defending him. And he basically, I would say, and Edwards willed him to that to that grit, excuse me, to that win uh, in Memphis. So talk to me about what you've seen from this matchup, your thoughts, and um, how you see this series going. It'll probably go six, seven games. Mm. And I actually have the Minnesota Timberwolves might pull us What? Out. You got the T-Wolves winning this? Only reason I say that is because... I'm not mad at you. I'm just, I'm just surprised. I think... I just think Memphis has probably... They might be still a little too green. Really? And... Think so? They yeah. won the playoffs last year. And I'm not really getting that future star feel from Jaron Jackson Jr. Hmm. Future star as in... As in what level of star? He was supposed to be in that BAM conversation coming up. You next don't think to, he is? No. Nah. He doesn't give me that mm. infectious feel. Like... Mm. Like, all right. Aside from Ja, yeah. I'm looking more at Brooks to be Bane. Bane. I'm just saying, like oh. the guys that I'm gonna lean on. Oh, okay. I'm not really gonna lean on. on As Jack. far well, offensively, I don't think you can lean on him because you can't dump it down to but him. But you should be able to, to, though. Is what I'm saying. Mm. Uh, well, you that's know? what he needs to work on. Yeah, but so did Bam, him and Bam around the same. Tom, you, Tom well, Bam is up is above uh, Triple J to me. He's a step above. No, he well, is a couple, definitely, yeah. definitely. But cu- but I'm saying that's supposed to be your marquee. Like mm, he's like, supposed to be in that bracket of players where you're trying you to mm. be. And Cat outplays him. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Yeah, Cat T. Can't believe I'm about to say this. 
the difference maker in this series is Pat Beverly. Mm. In terms of what? Physicalities, mental, how much he can force his will for his team to win. Because mm. I really, truly think Ant-Man is the man for the future. Yes. Over Ja. Oh. Over Ja. Over Ja? Over Ja. Future projections? He can do everything that Ja can do. He can. Right? With he a can. bigger frame. He can. And he plays in the, with the ball less in his hand. Well, he takes some wild ass shots. He's a young kid. He is. He is. He is. But it's the conf- it's the irrational confidence is why he's taking those shots. And I ain't mad at that. But I like it. Yeah, I do. I do too. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. But over Ja? No, Ja's my son. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about projecting down the line. No, I know. I feel you. I mean, you're not wrong for saying that. I mean, that could definitely happen. Something about that smile reminds me of Michael Jordan like 80-something. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, he owns he owns the post-game press conferences. I do give him He's a lot a of love. Yeah, I give him a lot of love because you know these young guys, especially these young cats nowadays, they don't got no personality. Yeah, he got it. <laughs> and he got all his teeth. <laughs> That's true That he does And I gotta give it to him Because he's not afraid Of the media He's not afraid Of talking mm-hmm. about What he's going to the game He's not afraid to say I got What's a on dog. his mind He said I got a dog Come on Name Ant Jr Come on <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I like that I gotta give I gotta give Ant some credit Game one What did he have uh, 36 Yeah 36 yeah. Two rebounds Six assists um, he played fucking phenomenal. If he could figure out that that jump shot to get it consistent, because his, his three pointer isn't consistent, but it's more consistent than Ja. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's he's way more confident in that three point shot too, as well. And then if we're going at the rim, he does the same things that Ja could do at the rim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, when I'm looking at this series, right? Well, Carl Anthony Towns played great. Game one. About time. Um, yeah, he was uh, all over Steven Adams. I think also that's the adjustment that the Grizzlies need to make. Way less Steven Adams. Yeah. Triple J is going to have to play at center, and then you're going to have to play Brandon Clark in it at the four a lot more. Yeah. Because the way the T-Wolves shake up, their their front line is versatile. Call Cat is he's not a center. He's really a power forward, but, I mean, he plays center now. Um, and he's not really an intimidator rebounder in that sense of the form, but... Um, on offense, on, on the offensive side of the ball, you can't put Steven Adams on him. You can't leave Steven nah. Adams out there on the island against Caddis. It's just not going to work out him. for you. More athletic than him. Yeah, so Steven Adams is going to have to play the first five minutes of the game, come back out, maybe not come back in. You got it. And, and uh, D'Lo had a really slow game. Yeah, he had like 10 points the first game or something. Like yeah. He had a bad game. In he had a one. great playing game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Cat had a bad playing game and, you know, Mm-hmm. If they could, if they could get all three of those guys on the same page, and Pat Beverly ends it with like ten to twelve points, they mm-hmm. win. I can't, I can't dispute that. I can't dispute that. But me personally, I have the Grizzlies winning this series. But to me, in order for them to win this series, I uh-huh. need more from Desmond Bain, my opinion. And I, and that's why I say, yeah. Desmond Bain just got to the stage where he's good. Well, he played in the playoffs last year. But I mean, when he's good. Though. I know, I know, I know, I know. This is another. Now they're expecting yeah, him to, to be the guy we're looking at. Like you have to carry your load. Yeah. Pause. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I agree. And is the moment too big? Yeah, and that's why I'm a little disappointed in because 17 points, three rebounds, one assist. That was an invisible 17 points that he had. Yeah. No, nope. one assist is basically no assist. Three rebounds mean you wasn't really crashing the boards at all. Like I'm looking at the numbers right now, right? One thing that I'm worried about with the Grizzlies is that. Sometimes they can 
um, turn into John Morant watches yeah. at times. Sometimes yeah. when Ja has the ball, you know, when he gets a rebound, he takes down the floor, they set him a pick at, you know, the high post or whatever. A lot uh-huh. of times... They let him dance. They let dance. him dance a little bit. Some He may or may not pass. Not saying that he's selfish, but mm-hmm. sometimes he knows that he can get his shot at any time he wants. He can get to the rim anytime he wants. And I think when Ja has a tendency to do that for a couple of possessions, Bane, Brooks, Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson, they tend to step back a little bit. I like, and then, I like Melton too. I like Melton. I love Melton. And um, they tend to step back a little bit and then they, you know, they start letting Ja cook. Just but watch. Bane... Yeah. He needs to be the guy who take that takes the ball out of Ja's hands, and I'm scoring on my own, and I'm also making plays for Ja. But he's more reliant on Ja creating to get his. No, he's shot. not though. When Ja was out for those 20 games, Bane was averaging 25. But Melton was wilding though as well. Yeah, so he can play with Melton. But I'm saying I'm talking about as far as like putting the ball down and creating. Like he's good for three to five dribbles max. Son, Bane does that. No, I'm just, no, I'm just oh. saying three to five dribbles max. Mm. He's not really gonna dance. So yeah, you, not dance. Yeah, yeah. So if you have a Pat Beverly on him, he's gonna muck it up. Mm-hmm. But I think, see, I think Pat Beverly can't guard a guy like Bane if he uses his physicality against him. Mentally, though, I know mentally he can. He can mentally break a young kid. Yeah, he can. Which, you know what I'm which, which is why I'm a, I was a little disappointed in Game One because I feel like they should be expecting that. See, the thing is, right? Memphis been walking around with this big chip on their shoulder the whole year. Mm-hmm. We ain't worried about nobody. Nobody counted us in. Da 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 da. They meeting a team with the same chip yeah. on their shoulder. Yeah. With a midget. Yeah. With a big ego. They mm-hmm. remember the commentators and, and uh sportscaster, they laughed at Patrick Beverly for standing on the on the uh commentator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was kinda wild, no, he did a lot. Bro, that's what the, but that but that's what the, the team, passion. That's yeah. what the team needs. Yeah. No, you're right. It actually helped the team though. They that's what the, the yeah. team needs. Mm-hmm. Ant Man is not gonna be that boisterous as far as aggression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So guess what? I'm gonna give. I'm gonna jolt some into you. And now your first dunk, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you in your chest. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go crazy. Give me thirty. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's tough to say. I know. I, 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 I don't want the Memphis Grizzlies to lose this series. I'm not gonna lie. I, I I really don't. I think it would be such a collapse and a choke. Yeah, they're they, they the number Grizzlies, two, right? Yeah, this would be a choke, like a colossal choke oh, job. Oh, yeah, on, on a piece of steak. Yeah. <laughs> if the Grizzlies, if the Grizzlies uh, uh, lose this series, I'm not going to lie, I'll be very disappointed. I need the Heimlich. <laughs> Word. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. 
It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, moving on. Milwaukee Bucks, Chicago Bulls. They had a very interesting playoff-tested game one. Um, it was kind of a beatdown towards the beginning, but then the Chicago Bulls battled back uh, in that game, and they made it kind of close. Um, obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks, they prevailed at the end. Now, we're looking at this series. A lot of people thought this would be a sweep. A lot of people thought this would be that the Bulls had no smoke for the Milwaukee Bucks. Me personally, I, I think the Bucks are a little bit too big, a little bit too physical in this series. So I, I don't see um, the Bulls winning more than two games, two games max. Um, and in the first game, you saw the physicality in the first game. The Milwaukee Bucks, they were in the paint. Giannis, in the beginning of the game, he was dunking all over them in the beginning of the game. He was dunking all over them. Brooke Lopez was playing well. Portis was playing well. And the, the Bulls couldn't really match their intensity. Now, DeMar DeRozan didn't, didn't have a great game. Levine didn't really have a great game. Caruso was really the Bulls' MVP in game one. And DeRozan had a terrible game. And he said in the post-conference after that, there's no, no way. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to play that bad again. Well, we're going to find that out very soon if that's going to happen. So is there any way the Bulls can make this a series, Remo? No. Damn. It's over. Over already? Yeah. They don't have enough. Yeah. The, 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 the size is the issue. Giannis's passion is crazy. Like He's ready. Yeah, he's he, he don't want no smoke. Valanciunas, uh, I don't know what he is. You mean Vucevic? Vucevic, yeah. sorry. He's, he's a good little player. <laughs> but He doesn't what, do it for you? Nah, not what they need. Giannis is going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. He is athletically, and then you still got you still got um, Holiday. Mm-hmm. Their X factor is Bobby Portis, and but he what? didn't really get off. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he can go off for twenty out of nowhere. He can. So and be physical with that. And another thing. All right, let's be real. Mm-hmm. The Bulls had a great season because it was unexpected. Yeah. Right? You know what? You remember though, you were the only person to call them in the top four. I did. Even though they were, what are they, six? They they fell because of injury. Close enough, injuries, yeah. But they but, were on the top half the majority yeah. of the season. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I agree. But the problem with that team is as you look at their schedule wins, mm-hmm. they didn't really beat any good teams. Oh, they lost to all they of the good teams. They lost to all the good teams. <laughs> yeah. So when I started seeing that, I had no real expectations of mm-hmm. them to do anything in the playoffs. They're missing two or three pieces at the at the least. Yeah. Well, Lonzo Ball obviously is a major piece that they're missing and a major factor for them. He he is, but he isn't. Mm-hmm. You because don't think he would make any difference in this He's series? a good organizer of the offense. He's not a dog. Like, Oh, yeah. I get what you're saying. Like, he's not a dog that could really take nah, over the series. No, they need somebody that's going to make it ugly for Giannis. 
They oh don't, yeah, they have no. They don't for really that. have that. Patrick Williams ain't it. He's, He's not gonna too do nothing. small. Javante too small. Yeah, they're they're just too small. Like they got a lot of energy from uh, Kobe White. Yes, like he showed up, mm-hmm. but like, what can you expect from him? Yeah. Really? Do you think when I'm looking at this game, right? Do you think the Bulls were a little shook coming into this playoffs? No, I just think they know who they are. Mm. They were okay. they were they were a great uh, regular, regular season, season team. team. You don't think they think they could beat the Bucs? Nah. You think they don't think they could beat the Bucs? Nah. Mm. Giannis is a... I, I don't, I'm not the biggest Giannis fan, but... So you got to show Giannis some love. You was hard on him, but... And I'm apologizing. He's mm. he's just a he's just a rough, rugged guy. Yeah. And like somebody who's going to will you to... He'll will you to a win. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I give Giannis so much love. He throws his yeah. body in there. He, get, he catch blocks from anywhere. I love that about him because he's not afraid to go in there and, and take a block and get a block from anybody who's dunking. Yeah, he's then, not afraid and, to get dunked on. And then he's not going to do the Westbrook and lay on the floor and pump his shit. He's going to run on the other and he's going to finish the play. Mm-hmm. I Listen, I love players who give maximum effort on yeah. both ends of the floor and, and there's not enough great words that can be said about Giannis. And Absolutely. the humbleness also. He's ready to go. He's ready to play every, every game, no matter what. And I also love um, the confidence of him that he's heard the noise from last year, that he can't shoot. He doesn't mm-hmm. take a shot in big moments. And if you remember, it, uh, towards the reg- end of the regular season when they played the Nets in that game, and he took those big, he took that three at the end of the game, drilled it in front of Drummond's grill yeah. in his eye. That was a very confident shot. So I got to give, I have all the confidence in Giannis. And it's going to be tough for any team in the East to take out the books. Giannis is what Ben Simmons could have been. Mm, I with, agree. With heart. With heart. Just with a little heart. Some hustle, some go tenacity. See, go see the wizard. Mm. Go see the wizard. Who is Giannis working out with? Ben Simmons, go over there. Yeah. Giannis. We didn't even speak uh, on Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Him being back. Oh, it, yes. It means a lot to them. Yes. They're huge. They're like dinosaurs. They're huge. That's, a, that's the... I don't know if they're the biggest team. They're all top three biggest team in the And league. Middleton played terrible. Mm-hmm. He was invisible. He shot key. four for 13. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But it didn't look like they needed him. Like... Yeah, no, because the Bulls were playing bad also. They weren't shooting the ball well. I, yeah, and 93 to 86 is... <laughs> yeah, that's a real big defensive matchup or people were just or missing just, their shots. Just off. Yeah, it was a combination of both. So we're going to see how this series goes. I'm actually intrigued by this series. Hopefully the games could... I mean, hopefully the Bulls can win a game or two, man. I don't want to see a sweep. Come on. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Warriors and the Nuggets of next... Ah, well, I had a beef with a lot of people on Twitter about this series. I mean, they're mad at me because I'm talking the truth about Jokic. Whatever, we're going to talk about it. The Golden State Warriors are up 2-0 pretty easily, pretty handily. Um, The Golden State Warriors, perimeter guards, consistently attacking Nikola Jokic on defense, consistently targeting him on defense, uh, targeting him at the pick and roll. They've been playing a lot of drop coverage. Uh, They're switching very a little bit but here and there but a lot of drop coverage with Jokic and he's been getting cooked on those pick and rolls and actually everyone on the Nuggets they just can't defend everybody anybody on the Warriors on the perimeter on the perimeter or defend the movement at all which I know is tough for any team to do but the Nuggets just look overmatched I don't think there's a word you can describe the Nuggets as in the series as overmatched I got a name for them I got something for them (laughs) Their nuggets are fool's gold. They've Thank you. O- they've always been. Always been. 
Like, they always have great seasons, but like, fall short to like Portland's and all these other like. Last year, they luckily, to me, they luckily beat Portland. Um, even though they did kind of spank them up a little bit. They it was slapped a six, them up. Three, I mean, uh, a 3 2. 3-2 series, right? No, 3-4-2, excuse me. It was a six-game series. Mm-hmm. They beat them with Damian Lillard. I was surprised that they beat them, but then once they played a real team, they got swept when yeah. they came to play the Suns after. And the Suns, what the Suns did to them last series, last year in that series, are the same thing the Golden State Warriors are doing to them right now. Pick and roll, attacking every big that the Nuggets have in coverage, and they just can't do anything about it. But, but uh, listen, we got Steve Kerr. Forget the players. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr, Mike Malone. Mm. All right, Steve Kerr makes the adjustment. Jordan Poole. So now you got Jordan Poole, Clay, been excellent, and Steph. All right, where do you go with that? <laughs> you need three elite perimeter defenders to deal with that? that. Now you got to sit Gordon. Mm-hmm. Joker slow as hell because nope. because uh, Draymond he's he's the he facility. neutralizes Jokic, which shouldn't happen. That's their advantage. But the problem it's is supposed to be he can't stay with him. Foot, foot speed wise because that ball just zips around can't stay with anybody but every but the problem is everybody plays at his speed of the game mm-hmm. so now well, the State is making them play their game mm-hmm. and he can't keep up mm-hmm. they're gonna say oh Murray's out and this person now they... stop it I, I, and I agree I don't wanna hear uh, all of that complaining they talking about uh, uh, the fans are talking about oh Michael Porter Jr. is out Jamal Murray's out what do you expect him to do with half of his players out with his yeah. two most important players out I don't really care about that yeah. it's been the same team all year the Grizzlies was winning without Ja uh, Phoenix was winning without CP3 there's no excuse and they didn't have Booker for a little the bit the Clippers were winning without, without Paul, Paul George, George and uh, Kawhi come on man Listen, the Bulls were winning without Lonzo Ball and I remember they were winning without Zach Levine Zach for a little Levine bit. Zach Levine wasn't there. Listen, I don't want to hear any of those excuses anymore because, excuse me, people want to love to justify um, um, Jokic's cute stats. Me, his impact with his stats, VORP, blocks, box plus minus, all of that bullshit. When that doesn't mean anything in the playoffs when the ball is tipped up and it's time to hoop, right? That doesn't mean anything when these players with the playoff intensity and when certain players have that dog in them. Mm-hmm. So people are mad at me on Twitter because I didn't want... Uh, Jokic to be my MVP because he's not the MVP to me. He's not the MVP. To me, you can't have an MVP from the sixth seed. Who is, it? Who is the MVP? Joel Embiid. I'm agree. I got Joel Embiid this year and close by is Booker is MVP. Um, I value winning. Me. So, mm-hmm. Jokic and the Nuggets being uh, the sixth seed to me, I don't think, you can't win the MVP to me as a sixth seed. The only person to do that was Russell Westbrook and to me, I don't really think he should have won that either but this, that year, It was the first time we've seen that caliber. It was a narrative award that year. Yeah. Remember, it was because KD left him, you know, everybody everybody left him. He was all alone. Was average a narrative. And triple-double for and the first time. Triple-double. Yeah. So that was a lot of storylines that went with that. To me, Jokic, there's, no, there's not enough storyline for him to give him MVP, yes, the stats look nice. The stats look sexy. His play, uh, his top two uh, cohorts are gone. But to me, if you're an MVP, Mm -hmm. you don't get swept. You win a game or two. Am I wrong about that, Reed? Yeah. An MVP can't get swept, brother. What MVP you know who can win an MVP in that season and then go on the playoffs and get swept? What MVP you know does that? Yeah, get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. An MVP does not get swept. And I throw you one better. Doesn't get swept. Doesn't get swept two years in a row. Mm. He got swept last year, and he might get swept this year. Unacceptable. 
He can't be my MVP. I'm sorry. So all you dudes that are mad at me on Twitter right now, I really don't give a rat's ass. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I don't give a rat's ass. Moving on. Um, enjoy the sweep, by the way. Moving on. The Milwaukee, I mean, excuse me, the Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks, series of the South right here. Um, Miami, they might be too physical for the Atlanta Hawks. I'm looking at it. I don't think the series is going to go too long. I think five or six games tops. I first... When I first looked at the series, I, I gave Trey Young a little bit of a chance, but then I thought again about it and I saw first couple of possessions of the series and I'm like, Miami's just too physical with Trey yeah. Young. He just too fit. Like he can score on him. He'll probably get you 20, 25 in the next game, almost close to 30. But um the way they're switching everything for Trey Young. They're switching everything. And if you have a Miami Heat team, you got uh Kyle Lowry, Tucker, Tucker, Jimmy Butler. Oladipo, even though he didn't play last game. Um, you have a bunch of defenders that can switch. Bam out of bio, who's going to switch on everything. What yeah. is what is Trey going to do? You get a pick and roll, you get a switch off from Jimmy Butler off Mar- of you, the and then you kid. get Bam on you. Got the Martin kid. The Martin. You got uh, my man Max Struess. Come on, man. He's, listen, the Heat, to me, I, l- I look at the Miami Heat team, well, um, I wrote on Twitter, everybody knows that this, this is my final spit coming out the East, the Miami Heat versus the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think will be my finals prediction. But to me, when I look at both of those teams, I put them in the same category because they're those two, to me, those two teams, the Heat and the Suns, are the two deepest teams in the league to me. I look at the Heat team, top to bottom, 1-14. through 14, They got anybody that can contribute. Even at the bottom of the bench, you got Gabe Vincent there. Uh, uh, who else? Oladipo, who's riding the bench right now. You got the Morris twin who's still on the bench. Deadman, Omir. They I got like, a lot I, of guys. I like, I like Deadman. They remember playing uh, with some energy. And intensity. I didn't even think he had left in him. Yeah. The Heat, deep. And then, and then Atlanta is missing Cleo Cabello right now. Yeah, that's tough. Collins is still banged up, not looking like himself. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm not expecting them to win either. I'm not yeah, expecting I, much of them. I give them, I give them Miami in five. Yeah, I, I think Miami. They probably five. get one at the crib. I think one in ATL. Heat might have a bad shoot at night. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably get one at the house. If Capella return and he, yeah, the hyper extended, yeah, he might return game five. I don't know if he should, man. He might not try to risk that. I think he should just chill because they're not winning the series. No, nah, I don't think so either. Yeah, they're not winning the series. And then uh, what's the name? Look a little, a little scared of Jimmy. Uh, uh, Herder. <laughs> oh, the Red Mamba? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I got to give a shout out to the bogey, Bogdanovich. I like Bogdanovich, man. Yeah. He's fearless. He's always been tough, though. He's he doesn't get a tough. lot of credit for being like fearless nah. and really being a hooper like that. Because if you really look like in close games and like tough games that the Hawks play, mm-hmm. he's right there in the mix, right with Trey Young hitting and, those and, big and, shots. And he's the backup one yeah. in the second unit. And he be talking shit too. Yeah. Why he be Whatever language shots. he's saying it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, rounding out, man. Dallas Mavericks, Utah Jazz. Um, an interesting series now because this might be a two-part series. It might be the series with Luka in the series without Luka. Now, without Luka, we had two games thus far. It's 1-1. The Davis Mavericks came back at home and won game two. Uh, Brunson had a a, a career night. He had over 40. Um, The Utah Jazz, they didn't play too well. At the end of game two, what I was noticing, they were talking in Rudy Gobert the same way they were talking in Nikola Jokic. Um, he couldn't handle the, the 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 perimeter guards of the Dallas Mavericks, Dinwiddie, Brunson. Um, they, were hunt, they were hunting them. They were hunting them down. And then after they went by their man, also if if Rudy Gobert was playing help coverage, he would come off the 
the, the three-point shooter that they have in the corner, which may be a, a Claver mm-hmm. or a Finney Smith. And then Dallas is hitting their threes. So yeah. I think I think they hit, what, 22 or 25 threes or something like that in game two. They just had the game plan for the Utah Jazz. Now, how do the Jazz respond to that? Because now they're saying in game three, Luka is probable to come back for game three. Mm. Now what happens when you look at the series ring? I really don't like the Jazz. <laughs> I never was. Neither. I never was a like. I I never really bought into them, mm-hmm. and I think you know if they happen to lose, which I think they're gonna lose in six. The whole team. I just, got them losing in seven. You got them losing. It. The Jazz losing in the six. Ju- the Jazz losing in six, mm. especially if Luka comes back in game three. Which will be an indictment on them because they're supposed to indictment, win. Indictment. It's gonna be a, a rest <laughs> in peace to the team. They're gonna fire the coach. Oh yeah. Um, Conley's probably on his last leg. Mm-hmm. Then you got Mitchell, who seems like he's just an inevitable to end up in New York. I know, right? You think that's happening? Yeah, Rudy. Yeah. Like, this, when a team's been together for so long, they've always got to the same point, great season, early exit. Mm-hmm. You either got to break it up or add a new piece. And nobody's going to Utah. Yeah, not willingly. Not yeah. in no free agency. But they have a lot of pieces they can get stuff for. Clarkson and these other guys. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. But you're going to have to make a move. And I think it's going to be because they're going to lose. So... <laughs> so if they do lose, which yeah. I think they are also dismantle. Uh, yeah, I mean it'll be crazy if they lose with Luca out too. But if they do lose, um, comes around to this summer, are you trading Mitchell and Gobert or one or the other? Or Mitchell Gobert, you trading both of them? Bogan Bogdanovich, <laughs> Conley. You might as well let him play out his last yeah, years there. Play out. Clarkson, he's still young. Well, he then that means he's going to go in the lottery if you trade those. And two. get as much picks as you could. Mm. A la OKC way. Listen, so, so let's let's be honest. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no ring in the future for them. Yeah, not with this current roster. They it's had stale. a great they had a great team and a great run for like the last what five years, let's mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. All right, competitive run. The Lakers had the oldest damn team in the roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the league, and they were still favored. <laughs> like, yeah. They've been overlooked and overshadowed and outcasted. Mm-hmm. It's not working. Cut it down. Mm. It's over. I don't. I don't disagree, man. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I think, especially if they lose this series, I think it's inevitable that this team has to break up and they're gonna have to move away from some of these pieces. So I'm gonna say something even crazier. Mm. I think Mitchell has like two years left in his prime. Donovan from, Mitchell from his skill set, from what I see. Damn, really? He got a little jump shot though. You could the young boys are coming. Mitchell Young. He's small. If he's playing a two. He's small. He as is hell. He's a small two guard. He's six, a six, three, six, small two. as hell. And two. these kids that's coming. Yeah, they big. You compare him to Anthony Edwards. Who are you taking? <laughs> right now? Yeah. Nah, give me Mitchell right now. Right. Give me Mitchell. Gonna right lose. Two, two years though. <laughs> gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> two years though. Two years in his. He has two years peak prime left. Two years. That and, short, and bow-legged thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, I'm starting to think about it now. Well, you know what would be funny though is if you say that the Knicks grab him up and they. But the Knicks is the graveyard. <laughs> Yo, Damo, shout out to you. Right, you know the Knicks are the graveyard, man. Yeah. Ah, well. No, we'll see if uh, Melo ends up back there. Oh, please, God, don't. 
conversation. We don't have time this episode to go over the, the Lakers eulogy and, and, and how they died off this season, man. But I know, brother, I know you've been disappointed in this season for the Lakers and disappointed in how it went out for your boy, Melo. Oh, man. Just go, come to Brooklyn and end it. That's it. End it off out here in New York City. I don't care. Either Brooklyn or the, or the Knicks. Either yeah, one I'll take for Melo and end it off. Over. But he did play. A gr- he had a great season. Couple, Productive year. Couple milestones hit. Best whatever, whatever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad because Melo's not in the playoffs. And I'm, I'm just re- uh, uh, mad about that. He should have came over there to Phoenix, man. I'll forever be disappointed in Melo for that. But I'll leave a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> crying next to my tissues. (laughs) I feel you on that. Remo, my brother, I appreciate you for uh, joining me as always, going over these uh, early playoff matchups. Um, About to rock out in this this, this postseason. This this, this is going to get sticky. You you feel like this is one of the most competitive playoffs we've had in a while? I think think it's wide open. Mm, I agree. And the reason I say that is because it's either the best teams or the best young talent. Mm. That's going to win? Yeah, it's no longer the veteran super team. Mm. That option is kind of closing the door yeah. now. Young horses. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. The young horses are definitely ready to take over. And it's a youth movement in the NBA. And the and the seems the formula seems to be majority youth, couple of impactful vets. In yeah. There. Not just any old vet that can just talk and can't produce. That's to be an impactful vet that can produce as well as talk and, and and lead the team. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to get interesting, man. Um, Shout out to you. Appreciate you for being here. For always, always, man. Whatever you need, bro. Of course. It's a pleasure. Family, keep it locked in here, here with me each and every week uh, for more playoff coverage. I might have an episode every week as usual. You know, make sure you're still connected with me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Make sure you're hitting the like button for that algorithm as well. More visuals to come, all of that good stuff. So, uh, Appreciate you. Keep rocking with me. Keep rocking with the best MA pod in the game. You know what I'm saying? This is episode 178. And we are. here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.